Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're up and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, and welcome to Wondergal, a new soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I'm your host, Michael Leboff, and every Monday and Thursday, I'll be joined by my action colleagues, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. Together, the three of us will handicap soccer matches across Champions League, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, and even Ligue 1. But before we get to this week's action, I do have a piece of business to attend to. To celebrate this new journey we're all on, we are holding a contest. And all you need to do to enter said contest is leave us a nice review on the Wonder Goal podcast feed. If you do that and leave your Twitter handle in the review, you will automatically be entered into a contest to win the soccer jersey of your choice from this season. With that out of the way, let's talk about this week's midweek action, which is limited to La Liga and Serie A and one League O match, which has a lot of kind of fun overtones to it. And we'll get to that at the end, but we'll start in Serie A in Italy. And BJ, you want to take us through this Venezia Salernitana uh, match at the bottom of the table. Venezia is plus 115 favorites. Salernitana comes back at plus 255. The draw plus 245. This is a 1230 kickoff on Tuesday afternoon. What better way? to spend a workday than watching two Serie A teams fight it out in a relegation six-pointer, right? Exactly. These are two newly promoted teams. You know, Venezia, they were really bad to start their uh, promotion campaign, but they've been steadily improving. They've won the expected goals battle in three of their last four matches. They haven't been great offensively. They're bottom five in pretty much every offensive category, but they're going up against the worst defense in Serie A because Salernitana has just been leaking goals left and right. They're allowing 1.89 non-penalty expected goals per match, which is the most in Serie A. They're also dead last in shots allowed per 90 and big scoring chances. So I think Venezia should be able to create a couple of big chances in this one. And Benicia has been really good defensively. They're only allowing 1.03 non-penalty expected goals per match, which is fifth in Serie A. They're 10th in shots allowed per 90 and sixth in big scoring chances allowed. While Salernitana is bottom five in pretty much every offensive metric, including they're only averaging 1.98 non-penalty expected goals per match. So I like Venezia plus 115. I have them projected at minus 131. So I think there's some good value on them to grab all three points in this uh, relegation battle. They, of course, made some uh, wavelengths or shockwaves with their uh, their kits. They're beautiful, beautiful jerseys. They're uh, an American-owned team. A lot of a lot of Serie A teams owned by Americans somehow. I actually like the over. I think both of these defenses are trash. Do I trust the offenses? Probably not. But, you know, two and a half is fine for me. I, it's a Tuesday afternoon at 1230 if I'll take an over and watch these two teams. And hopefully somebody scores early to kind of set this match uh, on fire. And I think both teams, and especially Venezia, will, will go for it. So could be a little bit uh, more wide open than your normal sleepy 12.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff in Italy. All right, let's move on. AC Milan, minus 180 favorites over Torino. They're coming back at plus 550. The draw, plus 310. Uh, this is a Tuesday at 2.45 p.m. Anthony, can you make a case for the dog here? 
Yeah, I absolutely can. I haven't been particularly impressed with Milan the last few matches, dating back to really the uh, the Champions League defeat to Porto. Uh, they they really struggled to generate much of anything. They've been dealing with a bit of an injury crisis kind of across the board. Now Zlatan Ibrahimovic is back, but I actually don't think this is necessarily the game where he's going to be able to really get at this Torino defense, which contrary to expectations has overperformed quite a bit. They're uh, third best in non-penalty expected goals allowed. They have allowed the fewest shots in the league, second fewest big scoring chances. Their numbers are really impressive, and it's not like they haven't been tested. They've played a pretty solid schedule that includes multiple teams from the top uh, of the table. They they did really well uh, in the Turin Derby against Juventus. They held Napoli off for almost the entire match. Uh, so they've really been tested and passed a lot of key tests here. And really, this game is all about Torino keeping Milan out of transition, keeping them out of space and able to run at them uh, where they've been much more dangerous. Milan has struggled when the game's been slowed a little bit. They haven't been quite as good when they've been forced to break down teams who are willing to sit and force them to do that. That is what Torino will do. Torino has the lowest passes per defensive action in uh, Serie A. They do not press. It's kind of, they're, they're almost the leaders of the new Serie A, you know, where nobody presses anymore except Atalanta. And so Torino is the team that, that can give Milan some trouble here. I took the plus one. Uh, like I mentioned, Milan, not particularly impressed. Overvalued, especially after Saturday. They went up two goals and were up a man against Bologna on the road. Should have been an easy victory. They concede twice, a little unlucky with an own goal, and then need a second red card on Bologna to get finally break through on a, on a volley by Ishmael Benacer. Even then, weren't creating that many good chances. So Milan starting to look like the Milan I was expecting. They came out of the gates really strong. Now they're looking a little bit more like the team I was expecting. So Torino plus one is minus 110. I like that. They've really... Uh, been impressive defensively. Yeah, I'm going to join you. I like the money line plus 550 for Torino. Good, good defensive team. Like you said, they're a little bit of an like an outlier. Their total goals, both teams combined in Torino matches, lowest in Syria at plus 2.44 goals per match. So expect a, a coin flip. And if that's the case, why wouldn't you want to take the team at plus 550 in that mm-hmm. kind of match? Right. And when Juve kind of slowed it down against Milan, Milan struggled to create chances. There was a few in the second half, ultimately scoring off a set piece, 0.7 expected goals. Whereas Atalanta, who likes to play at a bit of a faster pace, kind of played into Milan's hands a little bit, created more chaos. Milan has guys in space who can absolutely torch Torino, but they won't be able to do so quite as much in this game. All right, let's uh, move on. This is a Wednesday at 1230 Eastern kickoff Udinese plus 150 home favorites against Verona plus 195. The draw at plus 235, a mid table matchup. This has BJ Cunningham written all over it. Yeah, Udinese is a really interesting club right now because last season they had the biggest gap in Serie A between their actual goal differential and their expected goal differential. But during the transfer window, they sold their best midfielder, Rodrigo De Paul, to Atletico Madrid and their starting goalkeeper, Juan Musso, to Atalanta. However, they've still been pretty good, especially offensively. They're creating 1.42 expected goals per match, which is seventh in Serie A. And now, look, I know Verona just pasted Lazio on Sunday, but overall for the season, they've been pretty bad, especially defensively. Verona's allowing 1.58 expected goals per match. They've allowed 14.75 shots per 90 and 13 big scoring chances, all of which are in the bottom five of Serie A. Offensively overall, Verona also hasn't been that great, even though they created 3.56 expected goals against Lazio. Uh, They're creating under one non-penalty expected goal per match. They're 19th in shots per 90, and they're one of the worst teams in the league against pressure. And Udinese has been middle of the road defensively, but 
but they did just hold Atalanta at a 0.58 expected goals on Sunday, and they are in the top half of the table in non-penalty expected goals allowed per match and big scoring chances allowed. I have Udinese projected at plus 106, so I like their draw no bet line at minus 130. The next one that we're going to talk about features a team that finally dropped points for the first time this season. That's Napoli. They're minus 255 home favorites against Bologna, plus 700. The draw, plus 400. This is a Thursday, 2.45 p.m. Roma just held Napoli to a nil-nil draw today, which is a Sunday. First time that they didn't win a match this season. Anthony, do you think that this magical run is starting to sputter out for Napoli, or do you want to get right back behind them? Yeah, I'm actually targeting the total here. I think Napoli's still been really impressive when you look at all of their underlying numbers. Uh, they're still the best defense in Serie A by quite a bit uh, in terms of uh, expected goals allowed. Their third fewest shots allowed, second fewest box entries allowed, third fewest cross entries into the penalty area. This is an elite defense by almost every metric you can look at. They've also been very good uh, in Europe, in the Europa League, in a pretty difficult group that includes Leicester City. So they've, they've shown they can do it on multiple fronts, which, which leads me to believe it's more sustainable and not just a product of Serie A teams uh, not quite get, being able to get at them. They've also had some, some good wins. So I'm not quite you know, ready to go against this Napoli defense, which has been the best. They're playing a Bologna team who is due for some defensive regression, running quite a bit cold uh, defensively, conceding a lot more chances than, or a lot more goals than their underlying defensive numbers would suggest. They're actually fifth best in non-penalty XG allowed and fifth fewest big scoring chances. They press more than most uh, Serie A teams will, but again, Napoli, not exactly, uh, you know, they're more of a, of a ball control team. So not too concerned about uh, the ability there to get, you know, too much into transition with Napoli and Bologna and open this game up quite a bit. So I think the number one, you know, Bologna attack method is through crosses. Marco Anatovic has been a great addition for them. He's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but when he's played, he's been pretty solid. The thing is, going up against Kaladu Koulibaly, who might be the best aerial defender in the world, uh, it's going to be very hard for Bologna to create through crosses. So I think this is an under three here. These midweek European matches, you tend to get some squad rotation, especially with the attackers. So maybe Napoli rotates here after the big you know, draw with Roma. Maybe they rotate. Uh, but I think under three, at, at, you know, even money, which it's sitting at now, is, is a good look. Yeah, taking the under in a Napoli match seems to always be a, a smart move. I mean, this defense is basically impenetrable which might have something to do with the reason BJ Cunningham is backing them to get the job done in this one. Yeah, I like Napoli minus one and a half at plus 115. I mean, the reason they've been so good is new manager Luciano Spalletti. He changed the formation from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3, and the, the switch has just been fantastic. They have a plus 8.47 expected goal differential when playing out of the formation. They're averaging 2.19 expected goals per 90 minutes, and like Anthony mentioned, you know their defense has been incredible. Bologna also, without two stars in this match because of the red cards against AC Milan, they only have a negative 0.92 expected goal differential on the season. So I really like the Snapley team. They're, they're a wagon right now, and I'm just going to keep riding them uh, until they finally lose. So uh, yeah, I have Napoli's spread projected at uh, minus 1.4. So I like them at minus 1.5 at uh, plus 115. Uh, another match that I find some value in, that, uh, and I think it's going to be interesting, is Roma, who are coming off that nil-nil draw with Napoli first time. Anybody has not lost to Napoli this season, I mean, and considering that they just got pasted by a Norwegian club in the midweek, I don't know if anyone was expecting that, but I've been pretty impressed with what Jose Mourinho has done. Obviously, he does seem to have a good first, what, six, seven months when he's at a new club and then things kind of go to crap from there. But 
I'll, I'll keep riding them. They are taking on Cagliari, who are plus 350 home underdogs. Roma at minus 130. The draw plus 285. This is Wednesday at 2.45 p.m. I, I just like the matchup. Roma, good defensive team. Third best expected goals against and goals against in uh, Syria. Uh, Cagliari is in the bottom third in defensive metrics, but they also don't really generate a lot going forward. So I think if Roma does get the job done, it'll be by multiple goals. So I like uh, minus one at plus money. It's I think it's plus 130, plus 150 right now. And I would back that. And for you two, I think you both will be tuned in to the last Serie A match we'll talk about. Fiorentina versus Lazio, as BJ Cunningham wants to call it, the overrated bowl. BJ, we'll start with you for this one. Yeah, I have no pick on this match. I'll be honest. I do have some projected value on Lazio and I have some projected value on the under, but I don't want to play either of those right now because number one, Lazio's defense is a mess They're I think they're allowing close to 13 expected goals in about nine matches, which is not good. And on the other hand, Fiorentina is close to dead last in non-penalty expected goals, but somehow it just keeps scoring. So this is one of those matches that for my own mental health, I'm not going to bet. And I'm just going to let these two teams score like six goals off of like 2.5 total expected goals. And I'm just going to move on with my life. Meanwhile, Anthony, you can't stay away. I can't. I'm kicking myself. Bet regret of the weekend from last weekend, uh, besides the Liverpool fiasco that I stayed away from, uh, was this, this Verona team who beat the brakes off Lazio. I actually had the under, I was between Verona and the under, took the under, bet regret Verona. This Lazio defense has some glaring, glaring regression indicators. Uh, the first one being that they've conceded the second fewest big scoring chances, despite being in the bottom seven in box entries, total pressures, pressure success rate, crosses completed. It's a Mauricio Sarri team. What do they like to do? They like to have the ball. They like to pass the ball. They like to uh, have slow, boring, build up possession, they're very good against pressure, but they haven't been able to win the ball off opponents. They, they're pretty low in ball recoveries. They don't have the ability to go win the ball back once they've lost it under Sari. That's a major concern going up against Fiorentina, who has done pretty well against pressure. Their underlying numbers, uh, you know, expected goals are really bad. BJ mentioned it. They have the worst in the league uh, in shots, third worst in shots, worst in XG, but the under, you know, the other numbers like box entries and crosses are a little bit better. So, you know, I, I think that maybe, you know, the stuff that's leading to the expected goals will improve a little bit. Here's one thing. When games have been tied this season, so when when it's 11 on 11 and the game is tied, Fiorentina actually has the fifth best expected goal difference in the league. There's been a lot of early goals in Fiorentina matches that have kind of thrown it off. Whereas Lazio is the worst team in the league at even strength and even goal difference game state. So, I think this is a spot where I think Fiorentina can get a lead and then hopefully hold on. Their defense has been okay, not great. Uh, so I think Fiorentina is worth a look on the money line as I look to fade Lazio again. That's a, a wonderful way to wrap up the Syria uh, portion of the program. Let's jettison over to Spain. I'm going to kick it off with a match on Tuesday at 3 p.m. This is Espanyol plus 180. Home favorites, very slight home favorites against Bilbao, plus 185. The draw, plus 205. Neither of these teams score. Neither of these teams let in goals. I think Bilbao, at this current moment, 14 total goals in their game. 14 total goals in their games. I'm all about that. I just love good defensive soccer teams, and I love them, especially when they're in La Liga. And Bilbao is a fun story, right? They, they're they from the Basque country. They don't buy any players from that aren't of Basque origin. And they somehow have never been relegated from La Liga. It's an incredible team to kind of at least just get interested in and learn the history of. 
And then Espanol, they are sitting at 20 total goals per match. That's two per match. This is a game that I am all about the draw. I think it's great value, plus 205. I think a lot of times, if you're new to betting on soccer, you think, all right, I want to bet the draw in matches where teams are equally matched. But in fact, you want to bet a draw in a a match like this, where the the total is projected at two by bookmakers. What does that tell you? Not much scoring, not much variance to uh, expect. Only 22% of Bilbao games have gone over two and a half. So everything screams at a very, very low event game. That has draw written all over it. Plus 205. Give me that. That is the perfect way to kick off a La Liga portion of this podcast. And then we'll move on. Another decent defensive team, Villarreal, minus 260 against Cadiz. They're 8-1. to one. The draw is plus 390. This is a Tuesday at 3.30 kickoff, which is interesting. And BJ, uh, get us started on this one. Yeah, I like under two and a half goals, even money. I mean, look, Unai Emery has his team playing really well in the Champions League right now, but La Liga is a different story. You know, they're currently thir- in 13th place, and they're averaging only 1.12 expected goals per match. In fact, in their last two matches against Athletic Bilbao and Osasuna, they only created a total of 1.19 expected goals. And Villarreal, for a majority of the time, plays out of a 4-4-2, but they're really bad when they're playing out of it. Negative 3.08 expected goal differential, only averaging 0.88 expected goals per 90 minutes. And now they'll be going up against a Cadiz side that also plays out of a 4-4-2. And Villarreal has faced a 4-4-2 five times already this season in Spain. And if you already don't know, Spain is a very defensive style league. There's a ton of teams that play very defensive formations, but so it's not shocking that Villarreal has faced a 4-4-2 five times already this season. But in those five matches, they've only created 4.69 expected goals. So not that great offensively. And also, if you haven't seen this Cadiz team play, uh, don't worry because you're not really missing anything. (laughs) They're one of the more defensive 4-4-2s in Spain. Uh, They're really struggling to create chances offensively. They're only averaging 0.84 non-penalty expected goals per match. They're only averaging nine shots per 90 minutes and seven points nine box entries per match. And now they're going to get to VRL defense that is only allowing 1.06 non-penalty expected goals per match. So I have 2.35 goals projected for this match. So uh, I like the value at under two and a half goals at even money. Let's uh, root for a two nothing win for the yellow submarine. I like Villarreal uh, minus one and a half at plus money. Uh, like you said, Cadiz is, they're not good. So I am trusting Villarreal to be able to score uh, at least two goals in this one, because I don't think Cadiz is, really has a chance of getting more than one. I would be pretty shocked. They are near the bottom of La Liga in creating chances. Their defense is leaky. They're the second worst uh, goals allowed and the, the worst expected goals allowed. So I'm expecting Villarreal to be able to run over, run all over this team. And like you said, like Villarreal has put in some, some really impressive performances in tournament play. La Liga play is a different story. Their underlying metrics are basically bang average. Uh, hopefully the team that we've seen in Champions League in Europe and going back to the Europa League last year shows up for this one and they can mollywop Cadiz in this match. All right, let's move on. This one will be fun. Rayo Vallecano plus 425 home underdogs to Barcelona coming off a really tough loss to Real Madrid in El Clasico on Sunday. Ronald Koeman's seat is getting hotter and hotter by the day. They are minus 155 on the money line. The draw plus 310. This is a Wednesday, uh, 1 p.m. kickoff. Anthony, can you get behind Barcelona ever again? Yeah, I think there'll be times. You know, big game Barcelona struck again uh, on Sunday against Real Madrid. And uh, look, they had a few chances to win it. They got kind of against the run of play goal with David Alaba. But again, just pretty mediocre stuff from Barcelona across the board. 
uh, struggled in a big match against a team that I think is a little bit better than them. But this is a matchup I really like, Rio Vallecano. Look, Vallecano is new to Spain. They they were the best team in the second division last year. Uh, they were extremely undervalued early in the season. If you follow me in the Action Network app, uh, there would be an occasional just Vallecano money line, at, you know, plus 200 or better. And I think I won one or two and lost a few. But uh, a team I was looking to get behind based on some underlying numbers that I saw. They're a pretty good team uh, in, in the sense that this is their Super Bowl. For Barcelona, this is just a midweek trip you know, against Rio Vallecano, who, you know, off of a, off of a loss in, in their biggest match of the season. Rio Vallecano, this is the Super Bowl for them. This is their biggest game. They have big buy at Barcelona coming on, on a weekday night where they have a chance to really make a statement here. This is an all-in spot. Vallecano, the reason I like them, they create big scoring chances. And that's what's been kind of the the downfall of Barcelona in some respects. Uh, when they play, te- play teams that are good on the counter, that can get at them in transition, that can strain together a couple of passes, or, or play a little direct over the top. Uh, that's where they've been vulnerable. I think they can be vulnerable again here. I think Viacano will get on the board. I'm a little bit concerned about the Viacano defense uh, against Barcelona, who should be putting up more offensive numbers than they have been uh, based on, you know, the talent level they have and whatnot. But uh, the Viacano defense, not terrible. This is going to be their toughest test they've had yet. So we'll see how it goes. But I think at plus one, I'm, I'm willing to take a shot on Viacano. Vallecano also in Madrid. So this is like a mini, 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 mini El Clasico. I'm actually, very many. yeah, very many. I'm going to be joining you, uh, but I'll, I'll take a little nibble on the money line. Uh, I want to just keep going against Barcelona. Uh, it was fun today and it'll be fun. Hopefully again uh, on Wednesday, BJ, you're making it three for three on the small Madrid team. Yeah, of course. Megan three for three Falco plays for Vallecano. If uh, you guys didn't know that, but uh, I mean, great story. Seventh, Place right now in La Liga with 16 points in the first 10 matches, like Anthony mentioned. Their offensive metrics have been really good. You know, ninth in non-penalty expected goals per match, uh, fourth in crosses completed in the 18-yard box. And look, Barcelona, we talked about it last week. The offensive dip since Messi left is is pretty drastic. You know, they're only averaging 1.75 expected goals per match in La Liga this season when last year they averaged 2.21 expected goals per match. And Viacon has actually been pretty good defensively. They're top eight in non-penalty expected goals allowed, big scoring chances allowed, shots per 90 allowed, and box entries allowed. So it's not going to be just a breeze for Barcelona and Depay and company to just get in there and create big time chances. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I love Viacon's spread a plus one at minus 115. And the thing is this Barcelona team, just not great at ball recoveries right now. You know, you watch them play. When they lose the ball, they're, they're often very out of shape. In terms of their positioning, uh, they they struggle with simple passing, you know, breaking them apart very easily. They're not great at ball winning. Sergio Busquets aging uh, in the midfield. He's their best ball winner, and he has not been up to snuff the last year and a half or two, and that's why they've been so vulnerable. Uh, Still, you know, offers value in passing and still can win the ball, but not quite what he was. Uh, And the defensive guys, you know, in the center of the park, just not not the Barcelona center backs you, you typically expect. I mean, Gerard Piquet is still there, but you know, not what he was. Uh, and so this is a, a very fragile Barcelona defense. Yeah. They're really missing Pedri right now in that midfield. I mean, he, he, he provides all of those things that Sergio Busquets really can't going forward. So uh, without him in the lineup, it, it's just, it's really tough for Barcelona to have that connecting play going forward. Yeah. And look, I mean, we just said it, they are coming off a, uh lost to Real Madrid. This could just be a, a letdown spot against, like you said, Anthony, a team that will be playing in their Super Bowl. Fun fact about PK. I don't know if you saw that balloon world cup uh, viral video that was making the rounds last year, but that is his 
he invested in the balloon world cup. He started that whole thing. So uh, good for him. Let's also uh, married to Shakira. Yeah, he is. Let's move on. Yeah. He's, he's, he's had, he's like quite the life. We'll move on to the other team in Madrid. That's Real Madrid. They're minus 275 favorites against Osasuna, who are 7-1 on the money line. The draw plus 450. This is a Wednesday, 3.30 p.m. kickoff. BJ, do you think Real Madrid just carries the momentum from their win in El Clasico and just stops this Osasuna squad? I do. Um, you know, we always talk about coming into the El Clasico where Real Madrid is just running incredibly hot defense or offensively. And they did it again against Barcelona. You know, they've scored 24 goals off of 16.5, eight expected goals, but this Osasuna it's, it's a nice story right now. They're in sixth place, but I don't know if they're actually as good as sixth place in La Liga. I mean, they're only have a plus 0.86 non-penalty expected goal differential in 10 matches. And they've been really fortunate uh, offensively because they're averaging under one non-penalty expected goal per match. And they've scored six of their 14 goals from set pieces. And defensively, look, they've been really good. 0.94 expected goals allowed per match. It's the reason they're up in sixth place, but they haven't faced difficult offenses at all. Eight of their 10 opponents that they faced are in the bottom half of La Liga and expected goals for. So facing the best offense in Spain right now is going to be a massive step up in competition that I'm not sure they're really ready for. So I like Real Madrid uh, minus one and a half at plus 105 to win this by multiple goals. Real Madrid. I I just feel like this is probably the start of them maybe running away with this league, which I hope they don't because we will be cheering for Sociedad on this podcast. And speaking of which, they are taking on Celta Vigo, who are plus 200 home underdogs. Real Sociedad coming back plus 140, the draw plus 245. This is a Thursday, 1 p.m. kickoff. Anthony, are you going to pen another love letter to Real Sociedad? Why not? Absolute heart attacks I had today or on Sunday when uh, Sociedad went up 2-0 off of two, uh, we'll say somewhat, you know, they had a great start, kind of struggled into the first half, then had a great free kick. Went up 2-0. I was like, we're golden. All of a sudden it's 2-2. And I'm like, okay, well, is Atleti going to steal a goal in stoppage time and, and you know, screw our plus a half? Uh, they did not. So see that cash that one. I like them again here. Uh, draw no bet minus 130 right now. We actually don't have, as of recording, we're recording this on Sunday night. We don't know the result of South of Vigo's Monday match, but the fact that they haven't even played yet, they're going to have short rest. Uh, so one less day of rest uh, to rest and recover for this match. The one thing I like about Sociedad is that the underlying numbers on them, third best team in the league uh, when it comes to expected goal difference. They're also third best in even game states. Uh, so when you factor out, you know, some extraneous stuff, they're third best. Uh, Celta Vigo significantly worse. They are due for a little bit of offensive regression uh, and attack. They may score some goals, but I think this is going to be a Sociedad win uh, away from home. Could, uh, Celta Vigo in the bottom six in expected goal difference. Uh, and even game states as well. So I think they're a little bit undervalued. And so I'll take Sociedad on the draw no bet line at minus 130. Uh, Sociedad, uh, 25 to one right now to win La Liga. That's behind Real Madrid, who are odds on minus 150 favorites. Atleti plus 275, Sevilla plus 750, Barcelona also plus 750. Don't know how you can get behind that number. Uh, and we'll move on to Atleti, a team that is becoming a bogey team of yours, Anthony. They're taking on Levante who are plus 550 home underdogs at Letty minus 175. The draw is plus 310. This is a Thursday kickoff 3.30 p.m. Are you going to try to beat Diego Simeone one more time? Yes, I am. I'm going into a derivative, though, because the Atleti attacking numbers are actually trending up a little bit. This is just a pure fate of this defense, which I don't think is nearly as good as years past. It's not as good as last year. 
which not only are they due for defensive regression, they, their defense just isn't as good uh, this year as it was last year. Levante's team total is minus 130 over, over a half. If you remember last year, you date back to when Atleti was winning every game at the beginning of the season, it looked like they were going to run away with La Liga. There was one team that got two consecutive results. There was a made-up game from early in the season, and then there was the actual fixture played when it was supposed to, right around December, January, that got result got a result two times against this Atleti team. Everybody was like, oh boy, they're going to blow the title. And it was Levante who got consecutive results uh, against them. So I think this is a, a good matchup for Levante. They've had success in the past. Uh, and I think this Atleti defense continues to be overrated. I'm going to look to fade them again. I think Atleti will concede here. Don't want to don't want to play the uh, the plus one necessarily because I think Atleti will uh, be able to find some success here. But I think Levante gets on the board. So Levante team total over a half is minus 130. And that'll wrap up the Spanish part of the program. And now we'll move to France for an interesting one. I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple of months ago, Nice and Marseille played a game at Allianz Riviera. It got out of hand. Fans ended up on the pitch attacking Dimitri Payet. They were throwing things at him. Then the Marseille squad started fighting back. It was, I mean, just an absolute otherworldly sight. These two teams will meet again in the uh, makeup for that. Nice is plus 140 at home. Marseille plus 185. The draw plus 260. I've got nothing on this game. Uh, you two are on opposite sides. We'll start with BJ, who is backing the home team laid out. Yeah, there. those Nice fans weren't uh, very nice to the Marseille <laughs> fans back in late August. But no, listen, this this Nice team is really, really good. They're currently in third place. They have massively improved from last season, mainly due to the fact they have a new manager, Christophe Galtier, who guided Lille to the league own title last year. And what he did was he switched the formation to his patented 4-4-2 that he employed at Lilf and from Nice playing a 4-3-3 last year. Now, not all 4-2-2s, 4-4-2s have to be defensive, and Nice is the best offensive team in France right now based on expected goals. They've created 22.58 expected goals in 10 matches and are the number one team in France in big scoring chances as well. And Galtier also has Nice playing pretty much close to the defensive level that he had Lille playing at last season. Nice is second in France in non-penalty expected goals allowed per match, third in shots allowed per 90, and fourth in big scoring chances allowed. And listen, this Marseille team, they're overperforming once again. Last year, they only had about a plus 2.5 expected goal differential, but somehow finished in fifth place. This season, they will plus 1.47 non-penalty expected goal differential through 10 matches. And even though they're in fourth place, they're eighth in non-penalty expected goals allowed per match, ninth in shots allowed per 90, 12th in big scoring chances allowed and offensively they're running hot they scored 18 goals off of 15.6 expected goals so there will be some offensive regression coming in their last three matches against Lil Lorient and PSG they lost the expected goals battle combined 7.66 3.56 I love this Nice team I love the price at plus 140 I have them projected at plus 110 so give me the home team to grab all three points and let's hope this one doesn't end in a fight yeah, this is all about Nice regression. Uh, look, I know they have a new manager. I know they're playing a lot better in terms of expected goals. I understand that. I'm not buying that a team that was mid-table in France last year is all of a sudden this top three, four, even you know the numbers say best team in France. They absolutely stole a win against Lyon where they were completely outplayed uh, for the first half. Uh, there was a red card. They turned it around. Good win for them, but just not totally buying this the reality is they're first in expected goals, but they're 12th in entries into the box. They're 14th in crosses into the box. So like, how are they creating all these great chances? I'm not sure that'll continue. Uh, and so I'm going to look to play against them. 
and it's my Marseille boys. And look, BJ and I are going to disagree on Marseille. Uh, you know, that's fine. Marseille, uh, the offense isn't bad. I mean, they're, they're third in shots. They're fourth in XG per 90. And, and yes, they struggled against PSG. That's, I don't consider that an indictment against them. Uh, and so Marseille here buoyed off of a big result against PSG. We did cash that ticket plus one today in a nil-nil game. I think they're buoyed off of that of that result. I think this is a this is absolutely an all-in spot for Marseille. They'll absolutely know uh, what happened. And, and remember a few weeks back when when the Nice fans were ready to uh, you know go after them, and it's a little South Coast uh, you know French Riviera derby. Uh, and I think look, I think Nice, like I mentioned, maybe they are a top four team in France. I'll believe that when I see it, I will bet against that. And uh, I'll, I'll buy the, the, the Marseille trending up team with really good young talent and a manager who I really like in Sampaioli. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Marseille, John Obet at plus 110. And I think we're going to disagree on Marseille like every week. So we can just make this a thing. It's a, uh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm happy to do it every single week. Ale, ale long. It's, a, it's, it's appropriate that you two are disagreeing on this match, considering what just happened between these two clubs. Let's move on to our favorite portion of the show. This is the part where I have to warn you, these bets are not for the fan of heart. This is the underdog money line parlay for the midweek matches. And this is a whopper. This is an absolute whopper. I'll get us kicked off. We talked about it at length. I like Torino plus 550. Good defensive team. Hopefully they turn this match against AC Milan into a coin flip and maybe you're able to nick a goal and steal the three points. Plus 550 to get us started. BJ, where are you going for your favorite underdog? Garaya Vallecano, plus 475 against Barcelona. I mean, this is a huge letdown spot for Barcelona traveling to play a Wednesday match after El Clasico. The offensive numbers since Messi left are quite significant and this Viocana team is really good especially at creating big scoring chances and defensively they're in the top half of La Liga in pretty much every single metric so this is not just a Barcelona rollover basically in the first you know and on a Wednesday in Spain so I love this Viocano team they're a great story since promotion love them at plus 475. Anthony wrap this one up. You guys uh, did your podcast prep before I did. So you guys took the two that I was looking at with Torino and Viacano. So I can get behind those two, but I'm going to get behind Fiorentina, who I like more and more by the minute in this matchup against Lazio. I mentioned this when we talked about the match specifically. The Fiorentina attack is really bad in terms of the expected goals numbers, but the ball progression numbers and the chances created numbers suggest there may be some improvement. I do not think Fiorentina will finish with the worst attack or even one of the bottom five attacks in Serie A. So trending up there, the Lazio defense is due for a ton of defensive regression. The underlying numbers on them are really bad. Uh, and, and Lazio's defense without the ball, you know, sorry, loves to have the ball without the ball, not very good. And in even game states this year, Fiorentina has actually been one of the best teams in the league in Serie A. Lazio has been the worst. So I like Fiorentina on the money line at plus 320. The odds for this three-leg money line parlay, 156 to one. That is a little bit north of what Arsenal is to win the Premier League. They are 150 to one uh, to win the Premier Sounds League like this value. season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Fading we, Barcelona. We almost got it last week. We did almost get it last week. This week, we upped the ante. Fading Barcelona, AC Milan, and Lazio. What better way to spend a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon? All right, uh, let's wrap this show up with our favorite bets of the midweek. Uh, once again, I'll get it started. I like Roma minus one against Cagliari. They're plus 150 on that line right now. 
Like I said, this is a good defensive team. I don't really think Cagliari can not only challenge this, this defense, but they won't also present much of a problem to Roma's offense, which has been pretty good. So I think that this is a good matchup to back uh, a goal line. I'm really hopeful that Roma is buoyed off a really good performance against Napoli and Jose Mourinho, man, who, who else would you rather back? Right. BJ, what is your favorite bet this week? Yeah, I, I like Nice plus 140. I mean, the changes that Christophe Galtier has made since coming over from Lille have just been incredible. Switching to the 4-4-2, having Nice averaging close to 2.25 expected goals per match and defensively having them playing at the same level he had Lille playing at last season, you know, have top five and non-penalty expected goals allowed per match, third and shots allowed per 90 and fourth and big scoring chances allowed. And this Marseille team is just completely overrated. They're they were overrated last year and they're overperforming again this year. Only a plus 1.47 non-penalty expected goal differential through 10 matches. And defensively, I mean, eighth in non-penalty expected goals allowed, 12th in big scoring chances allowed. I love Nice in this spot. I haven't projected at plus 110, so love them at plus 140. Anthony, bring the show home with your favorite bet of the midweek. Torino plus one at minus 110. AC Milan started the season with some really impressive performances, some really impressive results. They're starting to look a little bit more like the team that I expected them to be coming into the season. Part of that is injuries. Part of that has been some suspensions. They've had some guys in and out of the lineup. They haven't really played a continuous team, but this is all about Torino's defense. Torino doesn't apply a ton of ball pressure, but they are excellent defensively across the board. Uh, Top five in pretty much every defensive metric you can look at. They have been tested games against Juventus, games against Napoli. Those were some pretty tough games. Uh, for their opponents. And so I expect them to keep uh, Milan out of transition, make this a very difficult uh, game for them to be broken down, may even steal a goal because Milan's defense has been not quite as good in the last couple of matches. And I think that at plus one, uh, it's, it's good value here. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Wonder Goal. Be sure to come back on Thursday as we break down the Premier League and the rest of the big leagues in Europe over the weekend. And please remember to leave a review and a rating and drop your Twitter handle in said review and rating to enter a contest to win a soccer jersey of your choice. For BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, I'm Michael Leba. We'll see you on Thursday.